welcome to episode 7 of the 18th Shadow Radio. This is your author and narrator, John Lee Grafton. The 18th Shadow, Phase 1, Dawn of the Courtesan, Chapter 1.7, Live Free or Die. Only the windshield remained intact. The Mustang's dashboard was aglow with so many calm warnings that Tara had no choice but to ignore them. The built-in holoscreen blinked constant red text. Multiple warning. Please address. Multiple warning. Multiple warning, repeated Tara with an angry smirk. First we'll lock you in solitary. Then you're going to get raped. And the next morning, we'll tie you down and shove a microscopic drill bit through your eye. Aside from that, everything's cool. Her black boot pushed the hubcar's accelerator to the floorboard. The prop fans moaned with pleasure. The speed limit on the rural two-lane hoveway was beyond unrealistically low for a modern hovercraft, and, in addition to the visual alerts, the Ford's onboard computer chattered constantly. Spencer Hotshine, of course, had the hovercar's calm set to the smooth, sexualized voice of Ford's 2079 Holoflix star sponsor, Jessica Lopez. The Mustang communicated breathlessly. Oh my, I'm afraid we have a guest pilot warning. The maximum speed limit on County Hoveway 1900 is 70 kilometers per hour. Your current speed is 153 kilometers per hour. Would you care to increase the Hovlev gradient for a more secure flow? No, shouted Tara. Hovlev to minimum. Clacks! Oh my, guest pilot warning. The Douglas County Sheriff's Department assesses speed citations at a rate of $1,000 for every 10 kilometers over the legal limit. Clacks! Oh, goodness. We have another safety warning. Of car integrity compromised. Emergency conditions include damaged structural components, damaged glass shields. Recommend immediate return to GovCloud Auto Control for guidance. Clacks! Oh, my. Guest pilot warning. Incoming public safety units requesting system access. Manual override is in place and I cannot comply. I recommend guest pilot grant authority system access. Legal penalties may be incurred. Do you wish to grant Douglas County public safety units remote system access at this time? Tardine slammed her fist into the dashboard, cracking the glass monitor. Harry fucking balls no. Computer maximum manual encryption and mute. Full system mute. Jessica Lopez's seductive voice responded gleefully in surround sound. I'm terribly sorry, guest pilot, but I'm unable to mute audio. Non-compliance with regional public safety regulations may endanger your safety. I'm unable to mute at this time. Tara punched the dashboard hollow screen and screamed, North American piece of shit wears a beamer when you need one. The red glow of warning lights in the dash illuminated her soft, angry features as she gripped the steering wheel. She kept the accelerator jammed to the floor. With only the windshield left intact, the whistling air made her eyes water so badly that it was near impossible to see. Behind, the Mustang's roaring propulsion and lateral stability fans spit up billowing clouds of dust and uprooted grass ripped from the hubway's gravel shoulder. Shards of glass and metal reflected sparkles of disco light throughout the vehicle. She'd cut her hand unknowingly when fleeing the robo-foxes. A stream of blood slicked the steering wheel, and the five-degree wind raging through the broken cabin seemed determined to rip her hair from its roots. It blew madly against her cheeks, so cold it burned. 
The onboard environmental systems attempted to compensate by blasting hot air from all vents directly at the pilot's seat. Her torso and legs quickly covered in sweat, though her ears were icing, hair freezing from the tips down, slapping her neck like tiny sharp whips. The dashboard chimed on perkily. Hello there, guest pilot. The intersection for Douglas County Hoveway 1500 is approaching in 0.2 kilometers. Do you wish to turn? We should probably slow down if so. Mute your dogdamn bitch ass, Tara screamed. She futilely slammed her bloody fist into the hollow screen again, and once more for good measure. Shit! Tears of wind, panic, pain and frustration poured down her freckled cheeks. The wound at the base of her palm ripped open a little further each time she slammed her hand into the hollow screen. Blood flowed freely, dribbling down the cold polyweather steering column. It congealed in her flying hair as she uselessly attempted to brush it from her line of sight. The octagonal LED stop sign that marked the intersection of the perpendicular county hoveways was fast approaching. The sign barreled towards her like a UFO in the night. Suddenly, the hovecar and country landscape blurring past were illuminated in a swath of white light. The computerized vocal processor of the Douglas County Sheriff's drone was fierce and loud, emanating through the Mustang speaker array. External override initiated. Tardine, you are a fugitive operating a stolen vehicle. You are ordered to halt immediately and exit the hovercraft with your hands above your head. Release manual encryption now, or we will physically disable you within 60 seconds. You're going to shoot me in less than a minute? Tara whispered under her breath. I'd rather crash. She realized she had no plan in place beyond stealing the hove car. Where am I even going? Hide in the city. Get to where people are. She kept her boot on the Mustang's accelerator, thighs aching as she cranked the wheel hard right, burning around the sharp turn onto westbound Douglas County Hubway 1500. The Ford stability controls engaged, lateral fans peeling with brutal dismay as the silver hovecar ripped through the turn at 165 kilometers an hour. The comm blared. Oh my, your speed is excessive. Unable to maintain hoveway integrity. Speed is excessive. Tara's head collided with a crumpled section of roof as the Mustang jolted banked right and skipped over the gravel shoulder into a winter wheat field, dropping ten centimeters as it broke traction with the Hovlev conduit. The prop fan intake manifolds ripped up dead stalks of wheat by the root as inertia carried her in a long, sweeping arc back onto the hove road, a rooster tail of skittering dust, gravel, ripped up soil, and shredded winter wheat following in her wake. One of the Mustang's eight vertical web fans sucked in a fist-sized rock and exploded, scattering sparks beneath like broken fireflies. Tara screamed like a woman crazed. Her hands clenched the wheel in a white-knuckled death grip. Blood streamed from her cut brow and mingled with the chilled sweat burning her eyes. The Mustang's ceramic core turbine motor shuddered violently as she tortured the prop pedal. The hovecar momentarily hiccuped. All lights blinked to black. The vehicle dropped to the asphalt, squealing and scraping as it slid down the hoveway, ripping out divots from the pavement. No, 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 no! Tara screamed. She smashed the fist of her good hand into the bloodstained instrument console, at which point the electrical system, seeming to hear these dying wishes, reinitialized and the Mustang exploded forward once more. The Mustang rebridged with the hublev conduit and her body was thrown back into the seat with gratifying force. Jessica Lopez chatted happily as if the vehicle had just started anew. Well, hello. 
Welcome, guest pilot. Warning! Lev Fan 6 is experiencing mechanical obstruction. I recommend visiting an authorized Ford service center during regular business hours. What's this? We have an incoming transmission from a nearby Douglas County public service drone. Then the usual bevy of klaxons and vocal transmissions resumed, flashing alerts across the dash. Oh my! Warning! Speed in excess of posted maximum. Hot white light surrounded her again as the sheriff drone's computerized voice hacked the sound system. Tara Dean, you are a fugitive. You have 41 seconds to terminate manual encryption. You are operating a stolen vehicle. We will physically disable your hovcar if you do not comply. As she roared west down the empty rural hoveway in the direction of the outlying Lawrence suburbs, the only number Tara could keep in her mind was the distance between herself and the Greystone Behavioral Modification Hospital, now nine kilometers and rapidly increasing. As the distance reached ten kilometers, Tara realized that she was going to die, or at least severely hurt herself trying to die, so there would be no reason for the feds to return her to a BMOD hospital. Ever. Perhaps a crushed spinal column would get her paralyzed corpus shipped off to a nice nanoneuromatics regeneration facility in Cuba. Cuba was nice in January. Maybe a graphene splinter from the Mustang's motherboard would sever her esophagus. Bionic throat reconstruction? Even a euthanization clinic would be better than returning to Marlene Fossbender's slaughterhouse. Tara Dean, you are a fugitive. We will disable your vehicle in 19 seconds. For your own safety, release manual operation encryption codes now. The Mustang ripped down the hub road at its maximum governed rate of 199 kilometers an hour, distance from Greystone Beemod Hospital, 13 kilometers. Waves of dust thrown up from the gravel shoulders billowed behind, partially obscuring the hub car from aerial view. Tara spit furiously, steering with her left hand, which seemed to be the only part of her body not slicked with blood. Her loose strands of black hair had congealed into half-frozen clumps that banged painfully against her ears. A decidedly human, authority-drenched male voice now began speaking through the Mustang's calm over the dizzying rush of wind. It was a live feed. Ms. Dean, I know you can hear me. This is Deputy Brick Talboy of the Douglas County Sheriff's Department. My drones are going to open fire in your hub car with rubberized Faraday bullets in about 13 seconds. You're eight kilometers from the city limits, okay? If you want to hurt yourself, I can't do much about that. But I can't let you enter the city and risk the lives of innocent citizens. This is your last warning. You need to give us access to your comms before someone gets hurt. Too late, prick. Tardine wished she was in New Hampshire. There had been a tourism ad for the state showing a beautiful summer lake projecting daily in one of the hospital's free holozines. She'd never been there, wasn't even sure where New Hampshire was on a map exactly, but she sure as hell was feeling a kinship with the state's motto, live free or die. The phrase ran through her mind as she stuck the blood-soaked middle finger of her right hand through the broken window in response to the deputy's request. A botulinum dart instantly answered her gesture, shattering on the door with a sharp tink. Glass fragments from the dart's fuselage lodged in her eye, burning wickedly. She frightfully jerked her arm back inside, and the Mustang swerved wildly as she winced, struggling to keep it on the hoverroad with her foot jammed to the floorboard the whole time. The neuroparalytic residue on the tiny shards of glass began to numb her face. Asshole! She screamed, her left eye now weeping and bleeding uncontrollably. 
She squinted, made out the black pill-shaped form of a second security drone flying directly overhead. She was flying so fast that the drone had a difficult time maintaining its course. It was attempting to blind her with its searchlight, but was unable to get far enough ahead. Instead, the drone's high-intensity floodlight illuminated the hover road before her for 25 meters in each direction. The drone's automated voice returned, ripping through the Mustang's comm. Fugitive Tara Dean, prepare to be stopped. We will manually disable your vehicle in eight, seven, six. Tara gasped, and not because of the second drone. She gasped because a long stream of bouncing blue lights illuminated in the black fields ahead. The lights were on her right, far off yet, but heading straight towards the hover road. There was no time to process it all. The next few seconds faded, melted, congealed into a slow, indefinable parade. She remembered feeling the drone's insulated Faraday projectiles impact the Mustang's port stability fans. Doom, doom, doom. This caused the fans' electric turbines to seize, and the hovercar immediately heaved left. The freezing, blood-soaked steering wheel spun out of her hand, snapping two of her fingers sideways. She wailed with agony, clutching her broken left hand to her chest. To the right, illuminated by the drone's floodlights, came charging two, no three, four blue-eyed robo-foxes. What are those things? The animals tucked their legs against their bodies, fearlessly ramming headlong into the hovercar's right front quarter panel. The impact, combined with the failure of the lateral stability fans, caused the Mustang to flip up and over, launching across the gravel shoulder into the surrounding fields of winter corn. The hovercar rolled over once, twice, three times in midair before impacting the dirt, landing on its roof in a ball of sparks and rubbled metal. The lev fans on the hovercar's belly whined chaotically as Jessica Lopez's ultra-sensual voice stated on the comm, Oh, goodness, you have experienced a vehicular accident. Do not panic. Contacting emergency services. Moments before impact, halfway through the first mid-air rotation, emergency charges detonated along crumpled junctions in the Mustang's roof supports. The top section of polyaluminum cabin blew free, and Taradine's unconscious body was instantly enveloped and ejected in a sphere of airbags that launched vertically. As the hovercar rolled on beneath her, smashing to pieces, the emergency collision sphere came bouncing back to Earth, spinning harmlessly into a fallow marijuana field on the opposite side of the hover road. When she awoke, Tara's head, no, her soul, felt as if someone had been beating it with a lead boot. White bedding? So much pressure. A fabric of some sort surrounded her. She winced with pain as she tried to move her arms. They were pinned by the cloth. Glass cuts in her eye, broken fingers, agony. The cold sky above was black as an asphalt hoveway, and she could see stars shining in every direction. She squinted painfully through the caked tears and dried blood. The next thing that came into view was a large black dog. The beast panted happily as it eyed her. The dog said, Birds and lies. Hide behind dying eyes, Tardine. Is that dog talking to me? She blinked. Her skin burned. How many broken fingers? She thought she saw a person, a dark figure standing behind the animal. The person was leaning in to examine her. Another face appeared, more clear, unshaven. The man's skin was pale in the light of the rising moon. He wore a straw cowboy hat, and he smiled congenially, cocking his head to one side. 
the dog next to him cocked its head in precisely the same direction. She tried to move again, but her face compressed with ripping pain. Every bone in her body must have been crushed. Broken fingers. Glass in my eye. Don't try to move. You're safe now, said the man. You'll do best to just relax. The voice was calm and even a southern accent. His hand was on her shoulder, but she only heard the soothing words. Everything's going to be all right now. There was nothing left. She allowed herself to collapse into the white fabric bedding. The bedding was hot with the heat of her body. Who are you people? Cops? The man's face drew itself into a near smile. Not exactly, ma'am. She felt unconsciousness returning. Broken fingers sweeping down her eyelids in mercury waves. Her skull came to rest upon a beanbag of warm honey. Tara blinked one last time. She tried to smile and said, Well, cool. Then can I crash with you tonight? Before falling into a field of darkness. Only the darkness was illuminated by far-gone shafts of moonlight, glowing down like security drone spots. And it was no longer winter. She could hear the sound of humming summertime cicadas. It was the sound of love returning. The same emotion that had so often filled the days of her youth. Excerpt from the 2079 Community Narcotics Enforcement Division Trainee Hollow Guide. Authored by Franklin Phelps. Remember, colleague, your eyes are guided by the benevolent hand of the architect. When engaging a citizen violator, try to resist using terms such as arrest, apprehend, incarcerate, imprison, or jail. These terms apply to individuals perpetuating actual crimes. In reference to nonviolent drug offenders, we shall specifically employ the term assist. For example, when detaining a violator based on a positive alcohol vape sweep, you shall say to the individual, Citizen, you are under the influence of alcohol and are presently making decisions that negatively impact society. On behalf of the Salina Community Narcotics Enforcement Division, I am assisting you to protect the citizens of Saline County, Kansas. If a violating citizen is indigent, unemployed, or otherwise socially compromised, then the Compassionate Reforms Division of the IRS will be contacted. CRD IRS will pay first the arresting officer's commission, then loan the citizen the necessary funds for self-help education at an FDIC-insured BMOD hospital. Once the addict has passed four weeks of level one basic enlightenment and the hospital board deems them sufficiently briefed in correct protocols, they will be discharged, issued a plesium script, and supplied with a large quantity of Jane stamps, which may be used to purchase marijuana at any participating dispensary. A blood alcohol monitoring algorithm will be added in the citizen's Cumbud OS for a period of 12 months following discharge. Any subsequent auto infractions by the same citizen within that year will be credited to your account at a rate of twice the original commission. Please note, commissions are up to 90% lower for unemployed citizens. The rehabilitation burden on the government is far greater for such individuals. For example, the arrest of a homeless alcohol addict pays only 80 digidollars. Whereas, employed citizen arrests currently bring a 500-digit-dollar commission. 
Pursuant to IRS Directive 96H, citizens who are unemployed at the time of their arrest shall be sent directly from the hospital to a government-sponsored labor placement facility. Six weeks of manual labor, building hoveways, scrubbing solar arrays, or deseeding hemp bushels is compulsory for all unemployed citizens. Citizens who perform well shall be considered for a permanent federal labor position either at Terra or Luna-based work colonies. If you wish, you may inform the arrested that the IRS garnishment of their future wages to pay back hospital debt is leveled at a fair and just 30% over cost, amortized over 6, 12, or 18 years after employment is established. Families of those individuals who refuse work outright, or those who cannot work due to age or infirmity, have the final option of hollow-signing IRS Form W-69. Via Form W-69, the violator's family agrees to pay back all associated back taxes for their relative's BMOD therapy. Citizens without family, or with families who cannot or will not, agree to hollow-sign Form W-69 are referred to a qualified, certified vision social worker to begin euthanasia training. This concludes Chapter 1.7 of The Eighteenth Shadow, Phase 1, Dawn of the Courtesan. Please visit johnleegraftonbooks.com to sign up for The Eighteenth Shadow mailing list. On johnleegraftonbooks.com, you can also download the free digital box set, containing the first three books in the six-part series. The free box set is available in Kindle format, as well as Smashwords, Kobo, and Barnes & Noble Nook. Remember, citizens, Kindle isn't just a thing. It's a free app you can put on your phone to start reading the 18th Shadow box set today. Prefer a paperback like it's 1981? Visit Prospero's Books at 1800 West 39th Street in Kansas City, Missouri, where every phase of the 18th Shadow is available built of glue, ink, and compressed dead trees, the way books were meant to be read by real North Americans. Until next time, this is your author and narrator, John Lee Grafton, reminding you to spay and neuter your pets. And remember, if it's not cannabis, kids, don't smoke it. This has been a public service announcement of the 18th Shadow Radio. For more information, please visit johnleegraftonbooks.com. <laughs>